The expressed views of the guests on this podcast are theirs alone and not necessarily endorsed by the host, TWBC, or any associated sponsor. Conversations that are robust yet balanced, on point and to the point. You are listening to The Talk of Tournament Water Skiing. This is the TWBC Podcast. And now, here's your host, Tony Lightfoot. Well, greetings one and all, and welcome to uh, to this uh, latest edition of the TWBC Podcast. I am your esteemed host, uh, Tony Lightfoot, and thanking you for your support once again on this ever-growing water ski podcast. All right, then. So uh, it's uh, it's almost coming to an end. Our, uh, our, our trip to Europe, which started off in Greece and uh, continued on to San Gervasio with a week in between uh, to end off with the Europe and Africa Water Ski Championships. We're about 48 hours uh, from getting on a plane and making our way back to, to North America. And uh, I'm actually going uh, to make this, uh, this podcast episode more about the crew rather than myself. And uh, with that, I'm going to... Uh, going to throw to our uh, crew members. I've uh, got Vincent Stadelbauer here. Say hi. Hello, everyone. This is Vince. All right. Glad then. to be here. And I've got uh, Connor Pauly. Hi, Tony. Thank you for having me. And uh, last but by no means least, uh, Jeremy Shaw. Hello, everyone. Great to be here. All right, then. And with that, I'll hand this microphone over to Jeremy. You hand over, you hand over yours <laughs> to, uh, to Connor. And uh, let's fire away. Far away. Look, it's so incredible to be here in uh, Italy and Jolly Ski Lake because, you know, they treat us so well and uh, it's always a pleasure to come back here. I think more of the extravagance behind this is spending time with the crew for the past four years and getting to travel overseas with them and experience all the memories together and cherish times with Tony, cherish times with Vince and even Jeremy for this matter. We all have a blast on the crew. Thank you, Vince, for having us. Thanks a lot, guys, for coming. No, joining what Jamie and uh, Connor said, it's unbelievable the amount of traveling we do together and, and, and what we can achieve together. Uh, it's definitely been a fun trip, and I'm kind of sad that it's coming to an end. Uh, thanks a lot to George Hatzis to make us be able to go to Greece and to Europe, for that matter, and to Matteo Lozzeri for also having us for a seventh time i believe if i'm not mistaken uh without those two tournament organizers and without a webcast sponsor we wouldn't be able to do the trip over to europe so it's definitely uh, a big highlight for us as twbc to be able to go to europe every summer and we're definitely looking forward for next year all right then well with that uh, let, let's let's go to the very beginning of the european trip and it has to start from somewhere it starts from orlando and it starts with all of the crates uh, vince uh, kind of kind of give us uh, a broad idea of uh, what kind of ordeal awaits us whenever we uh, travel to uh, to an airport uh, with uh, with 20 plus cases well as you say that's a bit the problem is we never know what we're really walking into <laughs> It's definitely traveling for us is not easy. It's the biggest uh, concern. It's the biggest is the thing holding us down the most is the traveling. It's expensive. It takes a lot of effort. But uh, yeah, as Tony said, we left from Orlando. We flew with United. That's a company that we can fly with. Uh, they allow us to take a lot of bags for a fair amount of price. Uh, it takes 22 cases to do what we do. It takes uh, about 1,200 pounds worth of gear that we're hauling around and it's definitely a bit expensive but we had a fairly smooth trip coming over to Greece first that was the first stop then making it from Greece to Italy was a bit more challenging a bit 
more low-cost airline that that are a bit harder to deal with. And uh, tomorrow we'll be flying back to no, after tomorrow, Monday we'll be flying back to the U.S. and cross finger on how it's going to go. But it's definitely a lot of pressure, making sure everything shows up and that nothing breaks down. Now, uh, what you mentioned the low-cost airline. Uh, should we mention them uh, by, by name at, at least? Uh, they they provided us with a little bit of a uh, of a headache when it came to uh, to exiting Greece uh, into into Italy uh, from from one stop to the next. They give us so much trouble. I have no problem saying their name. It's Woods Air. Never fly Woods Air again. The stewardess might be a little pretty, but the bag costs are definitely not as pretty. So if you're traveling with a ski bag, don't travel with WIDS. If you're traveling with a backpack, you might have a good experience on the airline. Yeah. All right, then, any comments there, Jeremy? Because um, you're, you're eager to... Uh... Well, absolutely. I would say, yeah, the, the stewardess and everybody, they're young and pretty and nice. <laughs> but if you're traveling with a, one bag on your bag, it's a great airline. But we have 22 <laughs> cases that weigh more than we do. So... Uh, yeah, it makes a big challenge. Uh, it starts off like a little better price, but then it becomes more expensive. And uh, one of the things that kind of uh, sets a Greece apart from a lot of places uh, is the smoking. Uh, that's the thing, you know, because I mean, almost almost every other person is uh, is puffing away on 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 cigarettes, and they they sit. They seem to smoke with, you know, with very, very little regard of, uh, of, of, of everyone behind you, you know, and, you know, I mean, Gre Greece was a fabulous spot. I mean, like cuisine and everything and the nightlife and the hospitality that was granted to us during the Caiaphas event, not to mention the fact that Caiaphas was just an absolutely mind-blowing event itself. The thing that kind of got me a little bit is is, is the cigarette smoke and uh, and still and still trying to get it out of my system even now you mean tony you don't want to uh, go home smelling like smoke every day or you don't want the cases to have the tar left on them yeah pretty much pretty much you got that uh, right right on the money there but let's uh, let's delve a little bit into into Kiafas because that event should serve as a paradigm for uh, for water ski events going forward especially at the pro level events yeah, definitely. George Atsis, the tournament organizer of Kayafas, with the, his whole team, Ricos and, and everyone that helps, um, they definitely do it different. Uh, to, they make it more of a party out of it. It was a big event this year. Uh, last year they did it for the first time. There was a bit less pros because it was the first edition, was colliding with, a, with another event. But this year they, they, they had everyone and they stepped it up themselves. It was a, even more of a bigger party more amateur skier, a bigger tournament over three days and uh, they're able to have a lot of people on shore and, and, and make really a party out of it. Definitely an example to try to follow. Definitely not a fairly easy example to follow but uh, yeah if you're in a position to be able to have people at a water ski site and, and have people to actually come out and watch, uh, do, do so. Definitely George put on a great event and us as a webcast company, we were a bit more ready for it. Last year, we didn't really know what we were diving into and there was noise everywhere and people walking everywhere and people almost blocking Tony's view of the TV and all that. But this year, we were a bit more ready for it. We we're blocking off areas. We were moving speakers as we were going and, and definitely uh, enjoyed it a lot. And that's big time one that I'm looking for next year. 
Yes, I'm definitely looking forward to it this year. And I'm kind of wondering how does George Hatzis step it up from that from this year? Because, I mean, we were prepared so far as webcasting event, but we were not prepared for how much he was going to step it up from last year to this year. I mean, I mean, case in point, I mean, he had like the exploding pyrotechnics and like the, uh, the streams and stuff like that. Almost took our drone down there, Jeremy, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for me, the, the music's fantastic. You know, I'm probably one of the 8% that really love it, enjoy it, but it's... I think everybody does just because it's just great. It's a great vibe. People are having fun. You know, they're learning about water skiing. There's a lot of new people there, and it's it's packed. Everybody's there to have a great time. Yeah, um, me being the drone pilot on TWBC, uh, especially when those streamers came down, I didn't really know what to do. But like everything was just so chaotic, but so much fun. It's it's like Vince said, it's definitely something to follow, but I don't think you can do the same vibe as Caiaphas. Caiaphas is a one of its own. I wasn't sure what to film. I was busy filming the crowd, then there was skiing, the guys were running forty one. I it it was a it was a tournament for the records. I can't remember can't imagine anything more. And the guy on the stilts and the jugglers and the dancing girls. On the, I mean, it's hard, it was hard to focus out there, you know. And the publicity for the event, oh my word. I mean, every single day, George Hatz's event was on TV. And every time you drove into the, in, into the town, you just couldn't avoid him. He was on every freaking corner, you know, on every, every poster. You could, you could see about the event. George Hatz's was there. Definitely. We all say all these years we're saying this. This is the Greek vibe, but this was definitely the Greek vibe. The the, the Greek ski are, are the only one that can put it. And the fact that we were in Greece and and the way the event was running was definitely definitely uh, exciting. All right, then. So uh, we'll uh, we'll continue on uh, from Greece and uh, a tournament with a little bit of a different vibe uh, was uh, San Gervasio, which was the next tournament uh, we flew to uh, out of uh, out of Athens using Wizz Air into in into into Malpensa. And uh, our transportation was a little bit different this year. I mean, we actually got a full-size uh, transit van, and everything fit like a like a Tetris puzzle. Uh, so, uh, so we had that going for us. And uh, you know, the uh, San Gervasio Pro-Am. I mean, in its ninth edition, we'll celebrate the tenth year anniversary, and I think uh, they're well on their way to uh, pulling off for something real big next year. But for for the time being. They still uh, came through uh, very, very well with this event. And uh, Connor, maybe you can describe it a little bit for us. Yeah, so the feeling going from Caiaphas to more of, I would say, more of a standard tournament, I was a little down coming into it, knowing just what we came off of. But going into Santa Vazio and seeing the site for the first time and experiencing everything for the first time, it lifted me right back up. I'm like, I am glad I am here at Mateo's site and we are going to see some really good scores behind these Malibus. Vince was out there skiing in the amateur event along with Jeremy. Talk about how you feel on the water at the Santervasio. Well, I mean, Santervasio is a fantastic tournament. And, you know, Mateo was saying, how do I do this? How do I make it like Kai Office? And I'm like, you don't. You do it your way. You do your thing. Because what you're doing, in my opinion, is a fantastic, beautiful tournament where you feel very appreciated you know the 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 bibs have your name on it there's a lot of messages there's notes there's personal notes inside your bags um what they do here at jolly ski is i think it's second to none 
and definitely San Javaggio for, 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 for us as TWC and for me personally is a bit the home away from home. Uh, Matteo is the first person that hired us outside Swiss and uh, personally Matteo has always been a very good friend, very good friend to my brother, very good friend to, to, to my family. So it always feels good to be in San Javaggio, the tournament keeps growing every year. He sells out on the amateurs entries in something like 40 minutes. 50 amateurs sign up for his tournaments already four months out. So yeah, the tournament is uh, is definitely uh, a, a must to be at. Uh, TWC feels very comfortable at it, and uh, and it is the pioneer of pro skiing in Europe. Matteo said it when he did it, and now all the pro events that happens in Europe, it's thanks to Matteo's event and and Matteo's events only. This I believe strongly into it. You know, there used to be a long, long time ago when this was celebrated on a, an NBC sitcom called Cheers, a place where everybody knows your name. And uh, you could say the same for La Campagnale, uh, just <laughs> down the road here, you know, because, I mean, with TWBC visiting there every night or every other night, the waitress staff there know, knows your gluten allergies event, knows your name, you know their name, you know the owner, and I mean, it, it's it's just one of those ideal situations from a culinary standpoint. Yeah, it's definitely a camaraderie. There is a restaurant right down the road where we do the the, op the opening ceremony of the San Javasio Pro Am, and uh, as Tony said. Uh, the waiters have been there forever. The owner is a good friend of Matteo. He comes and watch the, the water skiing during the event. And, uh, and the Campagnole is also the home away from home. It's the restaurant that I feel, I feel if I own a restaurant, I would, be, I would like to have the restaurant like that. It's definitely a, a must-see. You must come to Italy just for that restaurant almost. Even the camaraderie from the Campagnole. I mean, I'm walking to the lake yesterday morning and I'm joking about hitchhiking on my Instagram story and not even 30 seconds later after I post that video, the owner of the company only stops. He asked me if I want to ride for the 20 minute walk. I mean, the feeling that you get when you're in Santervasio, it's small town, but wow, everybody cherishes everybody and you can definitely feel that love when you get onto the site and even in the city town of Santervasio. Oh, what about you, Jeremy? I would say, you know, it's that's probably my favorite place in Europe to eat. Uh, they invite us in, and we, we come there all sweaty and dirty and stinking of lakes and all sorts of things, and we uh, they, they, they don't turn us down. They always let us in there, and everybody gets what they want, and we eat well. And it's packed every weekend, you know. It's right smack bang in the middle of the... Of the cornfields and the and whatever's growing around and this place you know serves you stuff on a plate that was actually grown and made there i mean that's the best part to me it's the best part i mean the food is fantastic it's farm raised you know food dairy meat uh vegetables and you just can't get a better experience right there and uh so for me i'm really happy to be there and I look forward to it again. Absolutely, absolutely. So uh, we did uh, the uh, uh, the Greek stop. We did the uh, first Italian stop uh, with Caiaphas and San Gervasio back to back. Great performances. I mean, obviously, uh, Ali Nicholson stands out in my mind at uh, Caiaphas getting through 39 and a half off for the first time. Uh, Freddie Winter and uh, Nate Smith and I think one other person scored uh, through t uh, through uh, into nine seven five. 
in Caiaphas and I apologize if Will Asher Will Asher of course and then uh, then Freddie Winter again and to San Gervasio into 9.75 meters again so I mean we had some great skiing not only in the amateurs but also in the pros as well and uh, the the pro head-to-head battle between uh, uh, Freddie Winter and uh, Thomas de Gasperi was one for the ages event yeah definitely I mean the 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 pro skiing, I'm not going to comment too much on it because you guys see it during the webcast and you hear it through the podcast. But the, the level of 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 water skiing in general, but definitely slalom skiing, is 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 through the roof. I mean, we say it every year, but now it's reaching a level that uh, you do three at 41 and you're the last last person of the finals. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the level is absolutely insane, and uh, and even with the level so high, we still see a bit the same names at the top of the leaderboard. And I would say the one coming out of europe as a as a as a real real winner as uh as freddie freddie's been looking very very strong in europe we'll see if he can carry that through the fall but yeah the pro skiing has been exciting as always i might have to disagree with you there because in my mind ali nicholson ali nicholson yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah because yeah. in san gervasio she took advantage of a major mistake from uh <laughs> from jamie ball I was yeah I was a bit too focused on the guys so on the guys end for me Freddie and on, on the on the women's end Ali Nicholson definitely very consistent run 39 for the first time but at the same time not to underestimate it Jamie Ball that ran 39 at every tournament on her work so too so both HO skiers definitely making it up but I also don't think it's just the skiing that keeps getting better. For a little bit behind the scenes knowledge from the crew members is this crew is getting smoother. The setup's getting smoother. Everything about the tournaments are getting smoother. The skiing's amazing. Well, taking the cameraman out the boat is a game changer. We, well, I kind of miss being in the boat. I'm not going to be. <laughs> I'm going to be. I'm going to be honest on that one. Uh, what, you, what you miss being uh, being right in the in the target whenever they ping the handle towards you? Yeah, I definitely had a few of those. Uh, between Freddie Winter and uh, Robert Pagosi in Miami, uh, definitely not the hot seat in the well, definitely the hot seat in the boat, I should say. But it's nice to be able to chat with the judges and chat with the drivers and feel everybody's emotions coming into the tournaments. But now that we have that, we have better camera angles. The DJI camera is insane. We got the drone now, and everybody's getting smoother. Like even last night, we were talking about how we can make better camera angles to make tomorrow even better than the day prior. And Jeremy was one of the main guys that was thinking about that. How? What do you think about whenever you're watching the webcast? Well, I think uh, it really makes me happy to have a good shot. You know, like to, in the end, uh, if if they're not coming out well and we're not like in sync. I'm yeah, not in a good I'm, mood. We spend the whole day doing this, you yeah, know, all I'm, day long. And I know that you like those shots because every time you open up Instagram and you see and you see your uh, your camera work on there, it uh, you, you you beam, don't you? Well, it's it's the biggest compliment for me, Tony, because I, I don't need a hug or a thank you. It just if when when the skiers repost the con- my my content, our content, TWBC's work, it that's what it's all about. And the. Uh, and for the better or the worse, I think for the better, when we do well, it's whatever we do stays on forever. So when we do good, we're very happy about it. And when we make a mistake or we do bad, we get very annoyed by it because we know that mistake is going to stay up forever. So that's what, that's what I like in what we do. And that's what I think keeps pushing the crew to do well is, well, if, if, if you make a mistake, everyone's going to get to see it until YouTube exists. Now let's talk about a little downside that happened at the Santravazio uh 
during the men's finals. Uh, talking about that, you're, you, Vince, you were super down about it because it's something out of our control. We lost internet in the major finals after the skiing was incredible. Yeah, that was very frustrating, and that was uh, uh, unnecessarily failure that we couldn't have any control. Uh, the Lutier family have worked very hard during the winter to provide us better internet. As uh, Tony mentioned, San Javazu, it's fairly remote, so it's very hard to get internet. They spent literally the whole winter getting better internet. They got better internet. We were able to have much better quality. We did three days of event without any problem, and obviously in the men's head-to-head -head final uh right after freddie winter ran 10-7 thomas de gaspe was about to go 10-7 when the heat of the moment we lost internet and we only gained it back when the skiing was done pretty much five minutes later this is not the uh, not the host uh, not the organizers uh, problem uh it's not the organizer's fault it's not our fault there's nothing really we can do about it but it's definitely those things that when you webcast, you're exposed a bit to the element as much as we don't like it and I, I try to not think about it, we, we are truly exposed. But we did a makeup afterwards as, uh, as we, we were very conscious at the time that, uh, that the internet was down. We, uh, we at least recognized that and acknowledged that. And so when the, when the internet got back up, thank goodness for instant replay because we could actually replay those runs and uh, Elisa provide in, in some, some small measure some kind of makeup to, uh, to our wide and, uh, uh, and growing uh, skiing audience there, uh, Jeremy. Yes, uh, you know, I'm thinking about this now and I'm, I'm I'm on my phone I'm watching the the, the broadcast while I'm filming and, and shooting the skiers and my phone goes out I'm like oh my gosh what's going on I start freaking out because I'm like I know what Vince is going through uh, just to keep it going and uh, to keep the content rolling and to keep everything rolling because it, it's a big process to get it all running again Yes, indeed. But uh, the event uh, turned out to be a great success, and uh, you can see that plainly by uh, by checking out the webcast again for the San Gervasio uh, Pro and the Ninth Edition, presented by Santo de So. <laughs> you still have it. <laughs> He's figured it out from the pre-show. <laughs> still have it. All right then. So. Uh, well, we're here at the Europe and Africa Water Ski Championships, but uh, it wasn't quite a seamless transition from San Gervasio to these championships. We had about a week off. So, uh, so uh, Vince, uh, tell, us, tell us what happened with you for that, for that week. So as Tony said, we had a week off. Me, I'm going to do it quick because it wasn't that interesting of a weekend. I went home to the real uh, home, to Motherland, to Switzerland. Uh, I enjoyed the... Uh, three days in the mountain and three days in the city and then make it back to pick up the crew visions of sound of music exactly i went to, to uh, serenity the mountain no cables no computer almost no phone just a dirt bike and myself <laughs> and uh, uh and and did that i got got some rest a little bit got to ski a little bit before uh, europeans but i'm gonna leave it to you you guys had a had a fun trip Yes, indeed. And uh, between uh, between Connor and uh, Jeremy and myself, uh, we uh, took it upon upon ourselves to uh, to take the train. We'd already purchased URL passes to uh, to cover the uh, the train tickets. All we had to do is uh, cover the uh, the reservations wherever they they uh, came into play. Uh, but uh, but Connor, your experience with uh, with European trains uh, when we started off in Bracia. 
So, at first, I was planning on doing the trip with you and Jeremy, but we'll hear about that shortly. And I figured out all the trains got booked. So, I took a slightly different trip than you guys, but I had an absolute blast on my trip. A little bit confusing at first. I, I'm used to cars and planes. Uh, trains is something else that I have not been used to so much. So you're, not, you're not the only one. Most people in the United States are not used to the concept of traveling by train for pleasure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm from Tampa. But no, it was a great trip. I had a friend come with me and we took beautiful photos all over and that's really what the trip for me was about was taking photos in front of these incredible places. I met up with friends. I went to Venice, made some friends in Venice, and then I went to Oh, it was Paris. hot in Venice. Oh, dude. It was ridiculous, but we had a very nice crew dinner uh, in Venice though. The last night before we all split off, we had we all worked as a team, and Jeremy cooked an amazing meal. Thank you so much. My plug. And so, how, so how much were all the ingredients? Just to just to give folks in the United States a bit of an idea of how much food costs in this part of the world, you know, because I mean, it was a steal for what for what you spent. Well, it was a steal. I was, we, I was preparing a meal for one night, and I got my bill. It was like thirty bucks. I was like, I went back to the store and bought more stuff because I'm like. That's alcohol, food, meat, cheese, the whole the whole nine yards. And it, the total cost was $40. So, uh, And we ate, and these guys had food to eat after Tony and I uh, ventured off, and uh, we had a great meal. All right, then. And where we ventured off was to uh, Venice Santa Lucia Station and uh, got on the night train uh, to uh, to Vienna, where we had a guide uh, meet, meet us and... Uh, tour around uh, the city uh, for, for that day you know uh your impressions about that well the whole trip i mean was amazing it was it was nice for me just to kind of go with the flow tony knowing the rail system so well so i didn't have to like you know make major mistakes along the way we it was super flawless and we didn't have to we weren't held up anywhere uh we did have some delays an hour there an hour there but uh, other than that, I mean, we went. We probably traveled over four thousand kilometers. I mean, in the entirety of the rail trip. So yeah. we. So we'll go step by step here, okay? okay. Because I mean, we we're in Venice, and then we went to Vienna, and we got, went through the palaces and all that kind of stuff, and then we went on to Berlin, you know. And you know, I wasn't really too aware of this at the time, but. Uh, you you kind of have a little bit of a distaste for anything that concerns war and warfare and uh, there's plenty of examples of that in berlin unfortunately and uh, i kind of i kind of had to take a step back and uh, uh, let let you uh, take the reins on the journey a little bit well i did make a suggestion because it was all about that and then i was like well why don't we try something different and you we, you looked it up and we went to the film uh, a film um, museum. museum exactly and we did some of that and that was great that was refreshing after all the other stuff yes indeed and uh, yeah some of the things that we uh, that we saw there was a Brandenburg Gate and Checkpoint Charlie and all and, and, all, and all of that stuff and uh, yeah you had a fun time navigating the uh, uh, the Berlin uh, and the uh, the the U-Bahn and the S-Bahn and uh, the public transportation because that is something that most Americans don't really get to sample fully, uh, you know, public transportation for the most part. No, but uh, I had good instruction and I followed it well and I wound up back where I started from, so it was good. 
<laughs> All right, so um, moving on from Berlin, Amsterdam. That is a whole different world and a whole different uh, kettle of fish there. And, you know, we got to, uh, got to see the museums, the Van Gogh Museum and uh, the, uh, the Anne Frank Museum and uh, got, to, got, got to walk around the streets and the canals and that kind of stuff. You know, I mean, I mean, a lot of people say there aren't too many differences between the major cities in Europe, but, I mean, it's night and day between Berlin and Amsterdam, right? Right, absolutely. I mean, Amsterdam for me was probably one of the most fun because it was just, it's a beautiful city. It's a beautiful city with the canals and the water and uh, the atmosphere. It's light and fun. It was a good time. All right, then. And from there, moving on from Amsterdam, we continued uh, towards, uh, towards Paris, uh, where, uh, where Connor was already there taking photos. Unfortunately, we didn't rendezvous with him uh, in Paris, but uh, we certainly uh, looked at uh, some of the major uh, monuments, uh, uh, Lac de Triomphe and mm -hmm, uh, the, yes. the Eiffel Tower and the Notre Dame Cathedral and all, yeah. and all of that stuff. So you enjoy Paris, right? Oh, spectacular. Beautiful place. I, you know, I noticed like we were posting all this stuff while we were traveling and people got excited about the, you know, Paris. We were in Paris, so. Yeah, in Paris, I mean, I was a little tired. This is halfway through our trip at this point. And I went straight from Venice to Paris. So at this point, I'm two days in, a little bit exhausted. And my friend was like, okay, you got you to gotta come out and go to the Eiffel Tower at 1 a.m. I'm like, okay, that's definitely not happening. <laughs> Hot pass on that one. And she's like, no, it's, it's definitely worth it. And it was worth it. So if you're ever in Paris, you got to take a look at the Eiffel Tower at 1 a.m. And that's when the entire thing lights up and sparkles. It's beautiful and the next day we went over to the luxembourg and took amazing photographs with uh, another skier that we met up with her name is maya and then uh i texted tony asking to do some laundry because we all get a little bit low after this trip traveling in backpacks but it turns out we all made it well and at that point i went to zurich switzerland spent a day there and got some amazing fondue thanks for the recommendation vince uh and where were you guys at this point uh we were getting ready to go towards marseille which was on the south coast and uh and jeremy got to experience the tgv the full-on fully leaded tgv experience that would take you from paris all the way to south of france in three hours yeah the super train was incredible we got there extremely quick and the best part i think of uh, you know paris was a little cool and cloudy when we got down to south france it was sunny and warm and the beaches were amazing yeah indeed uh, we, we went uh, to the catalan beach on uh, on on the marseille and you know experienced some some of the food down there it was it was absolutely gorgeous and then and then by that time we were supposed to be making our way towards Brescia and uh, rendezvousing back with uh, with Vince and we took the train all along the south coast all the way Beautiful. along Monte Beautiful. Carlo and uh, Ventimiglia and uh, Savona and all the way back up to Milan and then up, up, up to Brescia which we won't bore you with so far as the details of that are concerned <laughs> so uh, we all rendezvoused on the on Monday prior to the San Gervasio Pro-Am, so it was pretty much uh, uh, reconstructing the set and uh, getting after it. I got a quick question before we move on. You guys did seven cities in seven countries. You have to go back to only one city. Which one did you choose, Tony? Uh, Berlin. Jamie? I would say Amsterdam. You, Connor? 
Okay, it's definitely gonna be Venice. I mean, I love boats, and I definitely maybe want to live there one day. So we got one in Austria, one in uh, Germany, and one in Italy. Good. All right, one in Austria. Who who who's, who's what did you choose? Uh, I Berlin. Berlin. I had Berlin also. Okay, Germany and and Italy. All right then. Yeah, then back. Uh, that was easy because we wrapped in San Gervasio, and then we traveled, leaving all our bags in San Gervasio, and we're back. At the European San Gervasio, so what just as Tony said, reconstructing our spider web, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, well, and we did it a little differently this time around because much of much of what we constructed originally was pretty much on the outs on the outside, but uh, we uh, we basically took most of what was inside on the ground floor of the Jodie's Tower and put tables in there. And just and, and just went, really went to work, and it created ourselves a nice little uh, production facility. Yeah, definitely. We did. We spent a bit of a day doing housekeeping, rearranging. Normally, we stay on the tents uh, outdoors with all the computers and the screens and and what it takes to do a webcast, the, the base station, as we'd like to call it. And we relocated inside because Italy's been uh, suffering very heavy thunderstorm with hail and wind and all that so we didn't really want to risk it we're actually expecting a thunderstorm tonight so we're pretty hunkered down but the older computers are indoor clean but it took a little bit of moving around and and we did that and where did we go and where did we go to eat after we all all arrived and uh, Campagnoli. Campagnoli again you, you, i mean the, for those of you that have never been to this part of the world you've got no idea how good this place is absolutely Beautiful. Definitely, yeah. and then uh, Europeans. Where, where, as we're recording this, we're two days in. We got one day to go, final, and then we'll be back in the U.S. on Monday. Okay, have, so uh, so far as the European <laughs> Championships are concerned, we've done all the elimination rounds. So, kind of, what stands out for you in terms of performance? For me, it's Vincenzo Marino getting into ten two five for the first time. Yeah, Vincenzo Marino running ten seven for the first time. That is standing out. Um, the in women's slalom the score to make the final i think it's been the highest in the past three four years it took two at 11 this year to make the final so that's nice to see um a full stack ukrainian team that's nice to see yeah with a lot of youngsters most of them around hard the as it gets in trick and in jump also in slalom but in trick and jump definitely impressive. most me. of them are under 15. yeah exactly at this open european we have Technically, the under 14 category, under 17, under 21, open, plus 35, and plus 45, all competing under the open European. So that's, that's pretty cool to see. Gennady, as well. Gennady Gorelia going out and skiing at 36 in slalom and taking the ramp and going in overall. That's definitely a performance that stands out. And then... Um, a big it will by the by the time this uh, podcast comes out you guys will all know but uh i'm rooting for tigas i'm big time rooting for tigas to take his 10th win 14 in a row um we'll see we'll know we'll know tomorrow and you guys will definitely know by the time this thing gets posted but i'm rooting for tigas and i'm also rooting for our crew member miss alice bagnoli absolutely killing it twbc this event the water skiing crew on TWBC, Vince almost made it in the finals and skied, how, what was the score again? 239. Yeah, 2 at 39, absolutely impressive. And Alice's been killing it in jump and tricks and even today in slalom. She's actually the only female competitor in overall with markers in all three finals. Well, that is, uh, 
That's yeah. that's news to me. Not, not even Janina has that. Wow. Wow. Yeah. She is she is killing Leche. it this season. Leche. Let's go, Leche. Tino we love you. Vince right. loves you. What about you, Jeremy? Well, I just well for the win. You mean I don't know. It's it's gotta. There's top. There's three in my mind right now that are gonna do it. It's it's you know it's basically Brando or T Gas. One of the two, I think. What about Sasha? Well, that three, yeah. that's the third one. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Jeremy's room for Team Italy, I, not, uh, I think, not Team France. I think it's going to be fantastic how it's going to turn out. So I'm looking Since forward to shooting it with these guys. Now, I'm rather looking forward to the overall battle because, I mean, I have my little spreadsheet, have my little uh, <laughs> tablet next to, ne- next to my announcing point, calculating all the totals and all the permutations and all of that kind of stuff, you know. So uh, that that. Ca- that kind of gets me going a little bit, especially this. This is one of the very few tournaments that we get to do that actually has an overall element uh, involved. Yeah, I mean, you. I think I'm water ski nerdy, and then I see you with your overall spreadsheet, and then I'm thinking maybe I'm not that water ski nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> but then the overall is going to be interesting. It's Demir in the lead as of now, correct? Uh, actually, Louis Duplan Freiburg. Ah, Louis Duplan. Okay, and, and then Demir. Eduardo, and yeah. then Demir. Yeah, yeah. Well, the one thing that I figured out between Vince and Tony is Vince loves, absolutely cherishes professional water skiing, but Tony, he could, he doesn't really care too much about one. He cares about the entire sport more than anybody on this planet, and that is so impressive to me. Even going back to our some of our old webcasts, we'll talk about some of our future webcasts shortly, but going back to our old webcast, U.S. Nationals. We are dead after these events. It's seven days, 5 a.m. wake-ups, go to bed at midnight, and Tony, after seven days, he is so ex- what well, he's so sad that it's coming to an end, and the rest of us are like, yes, it's coming to an end. But Tony, I don't know how you love this sport so much. Thank you for being here, and thank you for being a part of the sport. We really need you in the sport. Ah, oh, shucks. It's true. It's right. All right, then. Upcoming events. Okay, uh, we're like I said, we're less than forty-eight hours away from getting on a plane and heading back. To uh, how do you pronounce that uh, that airport in in Newark? Perfect, you got it right this time. You figured it out. It. I'm on the just, pressure just now. Just watch the vlog if you guys have not seen how Vince likes to say Newark. 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 <laughs> well, it's it's about the same as my pronunciation for Ventimiglia, I guess. Yeah, I guess. I, so. I, I'm, I guess I am going to get what it I right. I know is that we're going to have an extra uh, off next 48 hours coming up. <laughs> yeah, indeed. If uh, if we can actually uh, dodge these uh, these raindrops and storms and what have you. Actually, before we even started this event, we actually had a hailstorm which uh, which caused quite a bit of damage and but closed down the airport here in Malpensa. Oh wow! Yeah, so that kind of gives you an idea of how extreme the weather can get around here so upcoming events we've we landed in the united states we still we got a few weeks to go uh f- yeah we've got about four weeks in the interim uh you vince along with john are actually heading over towards the nationals to do some uh, filming uh for uh, for an upcoming documentary uh for those of you that are uh, uh, like watching documentaries uh, check our one out the unknown sport of uh, water skiing it's on the TWBC YouTube channel if you haven't seen that yet give it a view give it a like and give it a share indeed so uh, but a new uh, documentary uh, in the offering right now yeah we're going to be shooting a little documentary for USA water ski about uh, 
a bit uh, US national uh, as you guys know normally we do the webcast at US national but this year it's a little tricky it's on three lakes we can only offer webcasts on two lakes so uh, they decided to opt up for documentary so we'll be shooting that um, taking a bit of rest tweaking a couple stuff on the behind the scene on the computer and get ready for a packed fall we have a uh, first week of September we have the Mastercraft Pro uh, at Ski Fluid in Polk City Florida and then Malibu Open Alabama Travers Grand Prix Groveland Florida which will be a great warm-up for then the world championships happening uh, beginning of October so we definitely have a packed fall and I'm looking forward to be back in our fancy trailer in the AC <laughs> and broadcasting in the US and talking about the open European or not the open European sorry the open world championships happening at Travers that marks the two-year anniversary for one of our crew members Mr. Jeremy Shaw yes, how sir. has it been working for uh, good old Vince for two years Wow, I would sum it up as an adventure. <laughs> I'm not a redneck anymore because I've, I've been overseas now. and This, this is like that Coldplay song, Adventure of a Lifetime. Adventure of a, of a, of a Lifetime because I've, I've been in Europe three different times, three visits. This is the third one. Thank you very much, TWBC and Vince. And, uh, yeah. Let's not forget that we went to South America as well, Latin America. Twice. We got there. I mean, you like want to bring that up, Tony? In Christmas you want to talk about uh, Chile? Do you want to talk about Chile? Uh, we can bring it up. Uh, it was an absolute blast. We might have a little bit of personal memories coming from there that very few people will ever find out about. And but some of them that were made very, very public with a viral video, of course. <laughs> yeah, you can't forget about the viral video. Uh, South America was definitely memories for a lifetime, and I can't wait to make numerous memories with this crew for the upcoming events. And just basically move on from what's happened in the past and keep growing and expanding for the future i told jamie when he started working for us you'll see you'll be traveling between 50 to 70 thousand miles a year he never believed me no <laughs> what I do you think you like you're crazy i thought you were crazy i was like i was i added it up i set my google up so i could measure every footprint and it, it was it was 60,000 plus my first year with twbc uh 60,000 plus from Chile to Europe twice in that year. So uh, I'm a believer. <laughs> and if you guys want, uh, send in your applications to the Waterski Broadcasting email. For info at com. Yep, info at waterskibroadcasting.com uh, for job applications. So you can travel 65,000 miles per year and uh, work for Vince and Tony and spend uh, numerous memories just the same way I did. Apply for your passport, folks. <laughs> You're going to need it. It's a bumpy ride. And also the Estir as well, which uh, which comes into force next year. You, uh, apparently. Yeah, apparently there's a, there's a little bit of more red tape for Americans coming across uh, to Europe. They have to pay some kind of reciprocity fee or what have you know but uh, it's okay Vince pays for all how's that. the traveling been treating you Tony lately uh, traveling has been good I mean the, this uh, this trip around Europe is something I've always wanted to do and especially by train you know I mean I mean traveling by plane even on the on on the no frill flights is one thing but I mean staying on the ground and uh, tra and traveling by train and actually taking the night trains between between uh, Venice and Wien and Wien and uh, uh, B Berlin, I mean, uh, I mean that was uh, everything I could have hoped for and then some. And I think this trip is kind of the first trip as a crew where we're 
all of us a bit down to go home normally i mean like 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 everyone you go away from home you you're you're happy to be to be somewhere else but after a while you're looking forward to to be home now it's been a month we've been in europe we've been working a lot and uh and it, it feels like everything is smooth and it feels like we could stay here for another month i'm i'm almost sad to be going home so soon you know all right then and her, but home we will have to go within uh, the next 48 hours for those of you that are wondering what that noise is in the background those are my clothes are uh, going through the spin cycle at the moment making sure i've got some clean stuff uh, to wear on the on the trip back but this has been the latest edition of the twbc podcast my name has been Tony Lightfoot, and on the behalf of Vincent Stadelbauer, Connor Pauly, and uh, Jeremy Shaw, it is ciao, ciao for now. Thank you for listening to the TWBC Podcast. Be sure to check out our website at waterskibroadcasting.com. Links to our presence on major social media platforms can be found there, as well as updates to our webcast and this podcast. Duplication or rebroadcasting of this broadcast without written consent of TWBC is prohibited. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to join us next time for the next edition of the TWBC Podcast.